0: Today on CityCast Denver. As of tomorrow, it will have been one year since George Floyd was murdered on the streets of Minneapolis, sparking a nationwide outcry demanding change. (music) Including here in Denver, where a broad coalition of community groups has been meeting to reimagine the role of police and public safety in our city.
1: I I believe this it's the largest task force in the nation addressing this, addressing these issues.
0: The task force is delivering 112 recommendations to city officials today.
1: I'm hoping that city council, uh, the department of safety and others will actually say, okay, we have a community coalition that have already come together. Let us begin to work with that, that group to think through how this actually looks and how it's actually implemented.
0: Today is Monday, May 24th, 2021. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. Let's take a look at the news. Today we'll see a high of 76 degrees with plenty of sun and some light wind. In more weather news, Colorado saw several tornadoes touch down on the Eastern Plains over the weekend. As of Sunday afternoon when I recorded this, there were no reported injuries or property damage. Rockies fans are no longer required to wear masks at Coors Field, though unvaccinated visitors are still encouraged to. This comes as the stadium announced they will bump their capacity up to 35,000 as of June 1st, inching closer to their full 50,000 seat capacity. That's 100,000 cheeks. Last summer, in the wake of George Floyd's death, Denver and the rest of the country was in so much pain. Intentions were only exacerbated when cops targeted peaceful protesters with rubber bullets and tear gas. Citizens like Dr. Robert Davis knew something had to be done. And not just about how police were
1: responding to protests, but about public safety as a whole. Okay, now, this is just audio, so I, yes. I don't have to. OK, because I have a professional camera. I can put on my lights and all that stuff. And, <laughs> You're you s- actually thinking I, I, I know what I'm doing.
0: Dr. Davis, along with a slew of other community leaders, formed a task force to reimagine policing and public safety. That was last September. And today they're ready to formally give their recommendations to the city. <laughs> It's been almost a year since the uprisings over the murder of George Floyd last May, and you've been facilitating a community task force working together to put together a series of policy recommendations to reimagine policing and public safety in Denver. And today you are presenting your recommendations to city officials. What are your recommendations?
1: Well, we have 112 recommendations that cover several areas relative to public safety. So what we're looking at is not just policing, which has been a a serious focus in a lot of uh, conversations in the past, but really how do we uh, create a truly safe community. And so we're looking at every aspect of public safety of which policing is one of them. Uh, So, like I said, there's 112 recommendations uh, and we've divided them into what we consider to be five essential strategies for improving every aspect of public safety.
0: And can we talk through some of those strategies just to give listeners an idea of what you all are, t- are tackling through this massive project?
1: The first and the, the, the largest, the first and the most important I consider strategy uh, is what Lyndon Johnson talked about in 1967, and that is to empower the community with resources to adequately address socioeconomic needs and to provide for their own public safety. Uh, Lyndon Johnson made this statement, and that is the only genuine long-range solution lies in attack mounted at every level upon the conditions that breed despair and violence. All of us know what those conditions are—ignorance, discrimination, slums, poverty, disease, not enough jobs. We should attack these conditions, not because we are frightened by conflict, but because we are fired by conscience. We should attack them because there is simply no other way to achieve a decent and orderly society in America.
0: And so this is about putting public safety sort of in the hands of of communities themselves, right?
1: Exactly. And I I believe that, uh, one, our recommendations do help to uh, develop those solutions. But second of all, I believe that each community has to think through these things. Uh, One of the other challenges that we've had is that, you know, we've relied so long on a centralized bureaucratic law enforcement system. And again, I keep using the term paramilitary because that's really what it is. Um, You know, but we've relied so long on that, that it is, you know, taking away our creativity. You know, they say watching too much TV takes away your creativity. I think relying too much on law enforcement also has the same impact of taking away some of your creativity.
0: So we'll link to these recommendations in the show notes so that listeners can get a full, because like you said, this is... Dozens and dozens of of strategies that you've all come together with over the last year. But um, talking about this task force overall, how did you personally get involved and how did this task force come together?
1: Well... (laughs) I laugh because it started because I, I I did what I'm doing right now, running my mouth. Uh, I'm the vice president of the Greater Metro Denver Ministerial Alliance, and we had a meeting with Mayor Hancock uh, immediately you know, during the time of the of the protest rallies, and so I I made the suggestion which was let's reconvene the use of force advisory committee of which I was a part, and but let's look at public safety in its totality, not just use of force policies. And so Mayor Hancock said, "Go for it," and I reached out to Chief Payson, and he made a statement. He said you know this is something the community needs to do Uh, and so the community responded overwhelmingly and we sent out invitations uh, to uh, over 40 plus community organizations we included um, the Department of Safety we had uh, every city council member was involved Uh, and that's 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 how the task force was convened and on September the 3rd uh, we began uh, the work of actually figuring out what's the problem and what is the solution
0: Thinking back to last summer, there was such a sense of urgency around this idea of reimagining policing. Um, What was the feeling around the early days of the building of this task force?
1: There was so much going on at that time. Uh, You had a very heavy handed response from Denver police and other municipalities who actually came to help Denver police. And so you ended up having peaceful protesters being attacked, shot with rubber bullets, uh, pepper sprayed. So we we were really trying to process that in our earlier days um, and try to figure out how do we actually come up with some kind of a consensus for resolution and for recommendations.
0: And talking about the makeup of the task force, I know you reached out to city leaders, you, you reached out to the police themselves. Who else um, from the community became a part or like who else was represented on this task force?
1: Well, it was a huge task force. Um, we had, like I said, over 40 plus community organizations that are both... Um, Civil rights, faith-based that provide services, direct services to the community. We had organizations representing uh, LGBTQ interests, um, indigenous uh, American interests. You know, you name it. It was it was really a diverse coalition uh, that came together, and not just diverse in ethnicity and race and all that nature, but rather a diverse group even in philosophical thinking. Not everyone, you know, was of the defund or abolish police thinking. There were a lot of individuals who were reformers, and a lot of individuals who were supporters of of, of the current policing practices. So, uh, we had a lot of voices come together.
0: And was there tension in meetings over that? Because if you're talking about bringing the police into a conversation, you've got people that want to abol- uh, abolish police entirely. There's people that want to reform the system. Um, what did? How did the meetings go around that?
1: The, the I'll be honest with you. The only tension that really came up was when we actually had law enforcement to address the entire group. Um, Law enforcement tends to have a difficult time demonstrating empathy for the needs of the community. Mm. And it's been my experience, speaking from my experience, that they begin to take a very defensive posture whenever there's a critique to how we currently do policing. And so we, we had a presentation, for instance, from uh, the director of safety, Murphy Robinson. Absolutely. Thank you, uh, Dr. Davis. Uh, happy to join you all. I know. Uh, and uh, he was concerned that we were spending so much time talking about the homeless uh, crisis um, and wanted to know what does that have to do with public safety? There's, I will say unequivocally, and I've said it to the police department, I've said there is nothing more than I would like than to not have our police officers at cleanups or any of these things. I would, that is my goal, <laughs> but I need the community's help with that. And well. of course that, that, that immediately from, you know, special groups that deal with uh, homeless issues that immediately caused a, a wind of backlash.
0: Someone else we talked to who was in on these meetings pointed to that specific exchange, I think, during a meeting in early December between the director of public safety, Murphy Robinson, and abolitionist Elizabeth Epps. I guess he made some comments about police shootings that did not go over well.
1: I'll just tell you, if someone pulls a gun on a police officer, they're going to be shot. And and that is, that is, it's unfortunate, but it's, and it's not popular to say, but that happens guys, it, this, we're not in a rainbow world where everyone is cookies and rainbows.
0: It is violent out there. And then Elizabeth sort of spoke for the group that was feeling like his language was inappropriate.
1: Um, I, I'd like to thank those who, who DM'd and sent messages. Um, and I guess what I'd like to share and thank you for the invitation to do so is that, you know, for a lot of us being, especially those of us who aren't being paid for the time to be here, mm-hmm. there's a real level of exposure to trauma. Um, we are not protesting and up in arms over these situations that you're describing. Uh, Maybe we should be right. Mm. We're not shutting down streets because someone pulled a, pulled a gun on a cop and the cop shot back. (laughs) And so it feels on both like gaslighting. um, And it feels, I I almost feel like talked down to, and and saying, you know, you pull a gun on a cop, you're going to get shot. Uh,
0: So that was that really just one of those main points of contention where, you were really seeing the the issues within the group itself on how you could move forward.
1: Yes, so that, that and again that was, there were only two situations because and, and ironically, when law enforcement met with the individual subgroups that we had developed to think through different aspects of public safety, when they met with them one on one and shared uh, and shared you know processes and procedures and things of that nature and background all that. Those conversations went very smoothly.
0: But still, it was not long after that exchange that the Department of Public Safety and the police department decided to pull out of the task force. Um, I know Denverite had a story quoting Murphy Robinson saying, I was optimistic about the potential these meetings would have to drive positive and collaborative change, but I must share that I'm increasingly concerned about the direction these meetings have taken.
1: Yeah, early in early in January, the... Uh Public safety made a decision that they would no longer participate in the uh, task force. And so all of law enforcement was um, required to no longer attend any of the meetings or to participate. And and I want to say this, uh, when they showed up and when they were sharing information, giving background, all of those things, you're, you're talking about. The epitome of professionalism i have to i have to take off my hat uh denver police department showed up and represented well and was the epitome of professionalism in that regard
0: so you've got sort of the coalition after that and you you filed your recommendations what do you hope is the impact from this work that you've done
1: so what i'm what i am hoping is that the various change agents you know whether it be the department of safety uh city council or other city agencies that they will look at these and do a couple of things number one that the ones that are easy to implement just right off the break that they will actually do just that to say hey we can make these changes right now the ones that are going to require a little more collaboration because some of them are you know are concepts that are put out there sure so those that are going to rely, re- require a little more collaboration i'm hoping that city council uh, the department of safety and others will actually say okay we have a community coalition uh, a, a consortium of of various thoughts and minds and and, and and ideas that have already come together. Let us begin to work with that that group to think through how this actually looks and how it's actually implemented.
0: Dr. Davis, thank you so
1: much. Thank you.
0: The task force to reimagine policing and public safety strategies cover a lot of ground from expanding oversight of police and improving police accountability to providing better support for formerly incarcerated people. If you're interested in reading all 112 recommendations, we'll have a link in the show notes. Dr. Davis also recommends reaching out to your city council person to let them know you support the task force's work, and we'll have links to finding your councilperson in our show notes as well. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us, rate the show wherever you get your podcasts, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. Either way, we'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye. Yeah, if we're going to get down to brass tacks, there's more cheeks than that.